Hello, my dear friend. Welcome to Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Prita, your host, and very happy to be with you again today. Thank you for tuning in. And you can be part of this program. Like I said many times before, if you want to send us a text, a message, um, a thought during this program, you can do that on 0488-880-811. That's also the number where uh, I will give you the free offer, which we have it for today. Then just jot down the number and a bit later on, uh, I will give you that uh, book. Again, the number is 04 double eight double eight zero eight double one hey time flies very quickly you know and we go from one uh, week to the other from one day to the other and uh, life is quite interesting as we are looking at it right now a uh, lot of changes from day to day uncertainty people are asking all sorts of questions And during this segment, under the decoding Bible prophecy symbols, we talked about who is Babylon in prophecy, God's model of salvation, what has Christ been doing in heaven, and what is Christ doing now? That was just the other day, Helen and Fabiano uh, talked uh, a great length on that one. But we are going to approach today Another beautiful topic. Does God have a true church? We all like to go to church and uh, it's wonderful when you can attend the church. Unfortunately, these days, uh, many churches are closed and we have to find different ways how to worship. In our homes, through Zoom, joining other uh, meetings, you know, and watch maybe some sermons uh, on YouTube. That's good too, but we are praying to God that we can join together and fellowship and strengthen each other as we go, because that's very important, I believe. From Family Voice Australia, joining us via Zoom, David Lima. Good to have you with us, David. Thank you, Nick. It's always a pleasure to broadcast on Faith FM. David, the topic today, it's again a wonderful one because we are talking about uh, churches and um, now you travel uh, a lot to different churches, David. And I wonder if I could ask you, as you speak in many churches, um, can you explain what is similar and different in the churches? Yeah, that's a good question, Nick. I guess I should write the Good Christian's Guide to the Churches of South Australia. I do indeed travel far and wide and get to see different ways of doing church. It is true there are quite a few things that differentiate the various churches, but there is one thing that we have in common, and that, of course, is of paramount concern, and that is unity around Christ. That's the central thing. All Christians profess faith in Christ as Saviour and Lord, and if individuals are in Christ, if churches are in Christ, then they have that as the supreme matter in common. But, of course, there are some differences as well. There are differences in relation to 
things like whether children should be baptized or should we wait till they get older. And then there are differences as to the Lord's Supper. Uh, some churches make the sign of the cross uh, in a certain direction and some make it in another direction. So there are these fascinating differences. And while it is important that we do get our doctrine right, some of the differences are indeed doctrinal. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, of paramount concern is unity around Christ. And Nick, when we think about the seven churches in the book of Revelation, there we really have a wake-up call because, in fact, only two of them were commended by the Lord. Yes. And the other five were in serious trouble, uh, even to the point of being spat out of the mouth of Christ. Uh, now, this means that it could well be that some of the differences that are out there are really problematic for the Lord. And while individuals in particular churches may be sort of caught up in the machinery, if I can use that expression, and personally are not going to be liable, Mm. Nevertheless, the the churches themselves need to examine conscience very carefully to make sure that we are going to be commended by the Lord and not rebuked. Mm. And our topic um, today, uh, ask this question, uh, does God have a true church? If so, David, what is it? Yes, there is indeed a true church, and that is the church of us, Jesus. It's the church which extends throughout all time and space. It's not limited to a geographic region, and it is comprised of all of those whom God gathers together to be the bride of Christ. So there is no earthly manifestation of that church. There are pockets, <laughs> if you like, mm. of uh, credibility and integrity, and there is a bit of dead wood out there, I'm sorry to say, but we give thanks that God is establishing his church Christ is building his church, and so he is able to take even deplorable doctrinally infected organizations and sort them out. Think about the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church. He is just scathingly critical of their behavior, mm. but he's not doubting, he's not doubting their, their Christian calling. He's in fact recalling them to their baptism, and he's urging them to repent. And all of the, or many of the churches in Revelation, Uh, I think all of them in those seven, in fact, are urged to repent, uh, except for the ones that are commended. So the rest of us need to repent. And because we're asking the question, is there a true church? Um, I assume that uh, also people think, okay, there must be a false church. I'm going to ask you this question. If someone is looking for a church, what should they look for? Well, it's been said, if you find the perfect church, don't join it because you're going to mess it up. And <laughs> there's some truth in that. But of course, there is no perfect church in this life. Paul writing to the Corinthians, as I say, he calls them back to their faith, to their baptism. He's not doubting that they're in Christ, but he's not very pleased with them either. There are some serious issues. So if you and I were to join the Corinthian church, well, perhaps we'd think twice because mm. there are some issues. But would we find anything better? That's the question. I'd rather like the idea of Christians finding the closest church to where they live. And interestingly, in the, in the book of Numbers, it says that the people of God are to camp around the tent of meeting. So this notion of being close to the action, the spiritual action, shall we say, is a very biblical one. And it's kind of disturbs me that people will drive, you know, for, for half an hour or 45 minutes uh, to go from one end of town to the other, passing many church buildings on the way because they think they found the perfect one. 
on the other side of town. Well, I guess they're going to be disappointed sooner or later. Yeah, because y- y- you may as well blossom where you're planted, as the old saying goes, and join a local church. Now, if you, if you find it to be heretical, that's another matter. Mm. Uh, still though, you, still though, you could be led by the Spirit of God to go there and to challenge them and to help to fix, fix up their situation. But uh, for younger Christians, it would be much more wise to join uh, an established, settled, doctrinally balanced and godly band of people. And you can tell that fairly quickly from just looking at their website, what they believe, uh, and visiting and seeing how things are working. If the people are loving there, then that's the most important thing, isn't it? You know, the greatest of these things is love. No matter how full of faith, how full of charity, the greatest thing of these is love. So, uh, or, or how prophetic the greatest of these is love. So fi- find a loving church uh, where you're, you're embraced and where you are sensing that they are seeking the Lord Jesus and meeting around him, exalting him as saviour and Lord, professing faith in him and letting his Holy Spirit through the scriptures guide and teach into the truth. That's wonderful. We are going to talk a little bit more during the program about uh, true church versus uh, false church. And indeed, uh, you know, the Bible speaks about, uh, you know, uh, one true church of Jesus Christ, which means, you know, one baptism, you know, one faith uh, and all those things. But David, thank you for sharing with us today. May God richly bless you. And as you travel around, encourage people to go to church. Yes, amen to that. Thank you very much. Listen to Faith FM anytime, anywhere with the free Faith FM app, available on the Apple App Store and the Android Google Play Store. Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita. And our co-host today is Tracy Papandreou. Tracy, good to have you back with us. Thanks, Nick. It was nice to have a break, but obviously always lovely to be back. Now, and as the listeners as well, yes, and as we were uh, listening on what David had to share uh, in this regard, uh, because as I mentioned, uh, that I love the, this topic today mm. because we are talking about church, you know, and uh, um, very different today. But um, you know, Tracy, all over the world, people and whole communities they are suffering from persecution purely because of their religion Mm. or beliefs. This kind of violence, including attempts to annihilate all, you know, the whole religious groups, is on the rise. Mm. I think Mm. that's a concern. And, you know, 50 million people killed for belonging to the wrong church. That was in during the Dark Ages. Mm. And maybe when people listening to us now and hearing about church, they may say, I don't want to hear about church. When you look at these statistics, you know, and uh, whatever happened before. Now, we have uh, about 19 uh, world religions, 270 separate religious groups, and over 35 different Christian groups now. There's so much confusion oh. in the spiritual world, isn't there? And even in the Christian de- denomination. Absolutely. And does God have a true church? This is the question. If so, which is it? And should we join a church or be an independent believer? 
I may ask you this question, uh, Tracy, to start uh, with you today. How important is to belong to a church? Well, I think we have to really look at, at uh, what Christ had to say about church. It's very easy for us, especially we've we've had lockdowns. We've we've got used to, you know, watching sermons online and that kind of thing. And there may be some people who kind of think, well, you know, I'm I'm kind of okay. Um, just just here on my own do I and they might be questioning mm-hmm. you know is is it really important for me to be- belong to a church and the bible tells us you know it's an integral aspect of accepting jesus being baptized into his body the church if we look at a couple of um scriptures 1 corinthians 12:13 and this is paul speaking so the corinthians and uh there were some disputes, etc., and he was saying, For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. So he was emphasizing mm-hmm. the oneness, the unity that, that there needs to be. And also, too, in Acts 2.47, we see that it says, And Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. So we know that this is very much part of the model. Also, another admonition that there is in Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Mm -hmm. So uh, we see in that that there's definitely a model of a body of believers coming together. We're also in Hebrews is given some idea in terms of some of the the reasons for that, the purpose of the coming together. So there's a lot of benefits um, for being part of of a church. Mm. You know, being part of a church can really enhance your spiritual journey. You can encourage others in their spiritual journey. In fact, Hebrews is saying that, you know, stirring up love and good works and exhorting one another. And the church community and organization, it really enables a more effective sharing of the gospel. Resources are pooled mm-hmm. and there's the opportunity to work together for a common, united purpose. All right. Uh, that's uh, very important uh, now, as David mentioned uh, a bit earlier, uh, and even recommending, you know, that, uh, you know, people should choose maybe a church in the neighborhood. Uh, I remember um, talking to people uh, about this aspect and some of the people which I talked to, uh, they may uh, say things like, I choose this church, yeah, because it's in my neighborhood. Mm. Or uh, I'm going to this church because it's the church where my parents used to go and uh, my family. And there are many, many reasons Absolutely. of convenience, Absolutely. many times of convenience. Absolutely. Or you fall into it kind of thing. Mm. You know. Um, how, how should we choose a church then? Well, you know, you went through the usual ways that, that people, you know, um, choose a church my own situation i was brought up a a roman catholic Mm -hmm. didn't even think about you know whether that was the you know the denomination to follow or not um until i came to a point where i really wanted to understand truth and i um started studying the bible and and that made me understand that that i wanted to to make some changes um I think truly we have to really um, think about the importance mm-hmm. 
that that the church has in in helping to lead and guide us and so therefore you know we need to really be taking it seriously and being deliberate about that choice that we make rather than just allowing all of these falling into it to to you know it's it's close by well close by is is good mm-hmm. you know my church is close by but i understand what that church believes in terms of its doctrines i'm comfortable you know with with those things so we just i think have to be if we've never taken a deliberate stand to question you know my denomination why am i here you know then then it's probably um a good idea for every person to be able to look at that and be comfortable about, yes, I made the decision to be in this church because. Mm. I mean, sometimes you may choose a church, um, particularly when you go to church maybe once or twice a year, you know, Christmas time or uh, or Easter time. You know, that's like different. Like I used to be. Yes. That's different. <laughs> but when you want to have a community, yes. when do you want to belong to a church where you want to worship God? Of course, you'll uh, check uh, some of the you know, aspects and the doctrines and whatever it is, you know, because we are talking today about true church. And when I say true church, you know, I believe there are false churches there too. Unfortunately, you know, mm. unfortunately say that. Now, David mentioned that, um, that there is not such a perfect church, you know, to, to be able to join here on this earth. And that's so true. There is a sense of trust and vulnerability to join a community uh, of human believers. Um, Wherever there's humans, absolutely. there's going to be imperfection, that's for sure. And sometimes, you know, people get hurt. Mm. But according to God's word, one of the most important things for you to do is to experience church and yeah. to allow God to work in, in you um, the change needed and maybe in the other people too. You may be even a, a tool there to influence other people in a good direction. And I would just like to say too, you know, there are imperfect people in churches and if people have been hurt in a church, don't give up on church mm. because of that. Don't kind of think, well, I'm not doing that anymore because, you know, I, I d- really didn't have a good experience. Um Keep 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 searching for yeah. for for the right community for you. Yeah. Do you think it's wise to choose a church? I mean, as we mentioned, these All reasons. Those other ways that we were <laughs> looking at. I think we have to be. You know, this is eternal stuff that we're talking about. So we have to take it very seriously. You know, I think the 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 um, how can I say this? The pillar, the principle that we need to look at is the church should adhere to God's word and in fact you know that is part of a prayer that Jesus offered up in John 17:17 17, 17. he said sanctify them by the truth mm. your word is truth so certainly a true church needs to be modeling and following what the word has to say yes so yes, yes, that's an important part. All, all right. So we need to, um, then to understand what the Bible, the Word says about who God is, mm. and uh, uh, but you know, no denomination is named. So what can we look, you know, into for guidance? 
Yeah, it's not like the Bible says, hey, stay away from this denomination mm-hmm. and, and this one's got a, a gold star against it, does it? It's, it's not as clear as that. But there's a great deal of information on what God's true church is like and what a false church is like. Mm. And this is sometimes missed by those who don't study deeply. You know, the Bible talks throughout um about the church, and the church is represented in the Bible as a woman. So we can know when when uh, when the, the 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 Bible is talking in a prophetic way about the church and what's expected of the church. That we can know that we should expect that imagery to come up. So, for example, just some texts here to to demonstrate that Jeremiah six two says. I have likened the daughter of Zion to a lovely and delicate woman. So there we see the the representation of the church um, given in the form of a, a lovely a lovely woman. Mm-hmm. So the principle here is that a good woman represents a, a God's true church. But there's also the prostitute representing an evil church. So um, we have. Uh, uh, in Revelation seventeen one, where it says, Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits on many waters. So it's quite clear that there is um, this distinction made. And unfortunately, yes, you know, you kind of think it's a church. How can, how can there possibly be wrong going mm-hmm. on in a church but when we uh, read the bible you know we see clearly that we're warned against yes. false churches yes. you know yep. so so we need to be very careful that that we study and that we know why we are frequent the church that we frequent and we can be comfortable with that mm. well but but how do we know this true church still exists there have been many churches over time, many indeed who have done terrible things in God's name. Absolutely, and I think that's one of the things that makes it so hard for some to open up their mind to God because, you know, they've seen what has been done in the name of God and it's certainly not been um, uh Christian mm. kind of conduct. You know, the true church has been attacked by Satan throughout the ages, but God has protected the church. And we'll we'll look at that in a moment. You know, Satan initially sought to attack Jesus, to kill him as soon as he was born. Yes. And Revelation 12.4 tells us, and the dragon, and we know from all of our studies that we've done, we've done that the dragon represents Satan, and the dragon stood before the woman, and we've talked about the woman is uh, represents church, who was ready to give birth, to devour her child as soon as it was born. And this is played out in history. This was actually a, a, a prophecy that we see um, played out in history where the dragon working through the power of Rome with King Herod, when he heard about the birth of Jesus, he then issued a death decree on all male infants of Bethlehem mm-hmm. of two years and and below, uh, which, as you can imagine, that's it's, you know, just the atrocities uh, are terrible that that people have experienced, and and that's mentioned uh, in Matthew two sixteen. Well, Jesus and his parents they escaped Bethlehem, 
but ultimately the dragon inspired evil men to crucify Jesus. The good news of the gospel tells us that Jesus rose from the dead and completely defeated the devil, but the devil didn't stop his attacks. He just rather changed the focus or the Mm. subject of his attacks. That's right. I'm going to take a question or, or two maybe mm. here. Thank you for sending uh, those questions and even the comments. You know, um, uh, I have here like one, one comment. There was a f- great falling away from the truth in the first century. The seven churches in Asia were suffering from apostasy. And David Dilemma just earlier mentioned about these uh, things. Uh, but uh, the, our listener is saying here, that today probably doesn't find real significance. You know, now I, I must say that uh, when you look back, even during the Reformation time, you know, and how the reformers, you know, uh, brought back, you know, uh, the truth of the Bible, which was hidden, you know, and when you look into today's churches, how m- much of that is still uh, relevant or uh, mm. real mm. in our churches, you know, uh, what the the great reformers stood for, paid with their lives yes. for. Uh, I believe there is a lot of apostasy today um, also, and uh, it's very important for us to identify that. Now, there is also another great question there, uh, uh, and uh, thank you for, uh, for that again, uh, Michael. It says this, Can a Christian belong to a church which does not observe the seven-day Sabbath? And still regard themselves as in the salvation of the Lord. I believe that's a great question. It is, and I think we'll touch on that later mm. uh, in 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 the study. Um, uh, if we can, if we can leave it to them, I would just say at this point in time, it's up to every individual to study for themselves, to understand what the Word says, to then line that up with how much their church is actually following mm-hmm. the Word. Uh, so, 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 yeah, that's, that's what I would say is the principle that, that you know, there, there's a journey for, of growth as you, as you study and you understand the Scriptures more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you're coming into that understanding, uh, you should be all, all along the way lining up, okay, this is a new truth that I've come to. How does my church align with with that yeah and just on that one if i could add uh, tracy um, uh, myself i'm uh, a very happy sabbath keeper you know and believing in this now i know that there will be in heaven people who never kept uh, sabbath i mentioned a bit earlier about great reformers you know who they didn't come to the knowledge and understanding of the sabbath at that time and i believe they will be in heaven too but as you just said when you are exposed when you understand what God wants. Um, Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. It's not that we are saved by uh, keeping the commandments because we can't be saved. We are saved only through the grace of God. But you know, if we understand those things, in my opinion, it will be a bit hypocritical, you know, to understand something but not doing it, you know. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got to be really honest with themselves, mm. don't they? Don't they? And, uh, you know... Um, it's a journey as as we as we you know come into study of scriptures and understand it more more fully. And while we don't have a cognizance of something, we can't be judged 
yeah. on, on you know, whether we're keeping something or not keeping something. If we haven't been exposed to understanding the importance of that, um, yeah. So yeah. as you mentioned, there'll be lots of lots of people in heaven who have yeah. who've never kept Sabbath. But yeah. thank you for uh, the questions and the messages coming through. Please do that uh, again. I will uh, repeat the number for those of you who may join us uh, a bit later. The number where you can send us a text and be part of this program is zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. While I'm mentioning this uh, number, I would like to give you a, a free, um, you know, a giveaway. Uh, today and that's the wonderful book Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. We talked about um, quite few things during um, this section you know under the, the topic of decoding Bible prophecy symbols and uh, I think this book will be a must you know to have it in your hands if you like to have this book you just need to send us a message with the code SA10 and you'll receive this book uh, free of charge, no obligation. Uh, Tracy, let's come back to yeah, to our study. You mentioned a bit uh, earlier about uh, how the enemy, Satan, is, you know, um, doing his work. Now, who did the devil attack after he failed to destroy Jesus? Well, anyone who's trying to to hurt somebody and they can't get to that person anymore, who would they go to next? People who are dear to them, wouldn't they? Yes. Think about? Um, often you you have ransom situations mm. where a child may be ki- kidnapped. We have other countries that happens a bit more in. A child may be kidnapped um, to try and, you know, extort money out of parents because they don't want to see their child hurt. Mm. You know, this is this is the... the, the how do I say this? This is the modus operandi that gets used a lot of lot of the time uh, to hurt people, and this is exactly what happened. Jesus was off limits now mm. because he had been crucified, he had risen, so Satan wasn't able to get to him at all. But so, what's his next best thing? He wanted to hurt his children. He wanted to hurt his church. And Revelation twelve thirteen tells us, Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman, we mm. know that woman is a church, who gave birth to the male child. So the, the Christian church is what uh, is the subject of Satan's persecution. It was previously and it continues to be. As you mentioned, there are some countries where people are losing their lives yes. just because of their Christian faith. Now, the early Christian church suffered greatly at the hands of pagan Rome. You know, uh, um, we've got things happening now in, in, in far countries, but when Rome was the main, it was the world mm-hmm. at that point in time, you know, that's when millions of people were martyred. Um, we, we know all of the history about um, the Christians being fed to the lions, you know, and, and it's awful to think that that was a sport, yeah. actually. Yeah. You know, people went to watch that as a, as a sporting event. Um, people were also burnt to death, mm. you know, they were tar put on them, and and also actually used as blazing torches, you know, um, and they're also some of the other things that were done was they would be torn in two, you know. So it was really not just killing; it was gruesome kind of stuff as well, very much torture involved, 
as well, you know. In, in but instead of destroying God's church, the persecution just became a catalyst for growth because right. people watching saw these Christians with smiles on their faces, with with these um, peaceful. Uh, look towards heaven. You know, there's, there's something different about these people. You know, I need to understand more. And so all that the persecution did was plant more and more seeds for, for the growth of the church. So, you know, the enemy kind of went, oh, this mm. isn't working. Mm. And by the way, if, if you see or somebody who's persecuting, you know, a church or a group, that, that doesn't work. What do you think uh, they will do, will decide to do to, to succeed? They've got to change tactic, don't okay. they? Okay. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's what they needed to do. They said, well, you know, what will, what will we do? And when I say they, it's really, um, the 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 Roman power mm. though, is actually mm. with Satan as the force behind it. You know, the emperor actually Constantine, he had a, a vision one night, um, the evening before a battle which took place in October three hundred and twelve, mm-hmm. and that vision saw him. Um, uh, having victory over the enemy, but him and his soldiers fighting under the the symbol of the cross, and he knew that the cross was a symbol of the Christian church. Mm, mm. And then the next day, that day, he actually he did have victory, and he felt very strongly that that victory had bec- had, had he had had that victory because of the influence of the Christians. God, and so he thought, well, there's something to this. I've got to get on board with this. And that's when he, let's say in inverted commas, converted because there's a question mm. as to whether it was mm. a, a really a true conversion. And, you know, because of his importance and his place in the empire, his being and again, in inverted commas, converted. It really legitimized Christianity, and he actually made it legitimate through an edict that he put out. In um, it's called the Edict of Milan, and that was put out in February three hundred and thirteen. Mm-hmm. And that was where Christianity was not only legitimized and tolerated; it actually, over time, became the 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 um, the the church of of rome and and be, there became a coalition of church and state because of his power and he brought the uh, legal system in to be married with the the faith system mm. as well so christian would have thought this was good for god's church no more persecution in fact your religion became a state religion supported by the government what was the result, actually? Yeah, it's one of those things where sometimes, you know, something that looks good can end up actually being something other than good. Unfortunately, all it did was bring corruption into the church mm. because people were used to their pagan gods, used to worshipping their pagan gods. It became, if you like, trendy to be a Christian, and so people wanted to get on board. So there's a really a question about, you know, how much true conversion was taking place or whether, you know, there was really a lot of 
pagan worship going on with just a Christianity label being placed on it. Yep. You know, Satan has actually had actually decided that if he couldn't destroy the church, he'd just join it and corrupt it. And mm. and, and this was how it actually took place. You know, there 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 was a, a list of corruptions. They were gradual but a constant entry of of corruptions to the the word of god you know there's all of these different things that that actually um came in you know so in 321 ad sunday law was instituted mm. uh in 336 AD, the Christmas birthday of the Babylonian sun god Thomas came in. You know, there was uh, Mary worship that came in in 381 AD. Infant baptism came in in 416 AD. A lot of people don't realize that that actually wasn't part of, of Christianity. It isn't actually in the Bible mm. at all. So there's, there's, you know, you can actually, and people can um find this information on the web if they want. There's actually, you know, a list of all of the different corruptions that have come in and become mainstream in churches when they're actually... You look in the Bible, they're not there at all. Mm. So. Now, you mentioned a bit earlier about uh, church represented in the Bible by a woman, a pure woman. And, uh, of course, uh, during the Middle Ages, uh, this woman become, you know, the church. I mean, was not as pure. No. As, and, and, and it was and it symbolized in the Bible through a harlot, mm, which prostitute. is a prostitute, which is a, yes. a tinted. Yes. <laughs> uh, certainly woman. not a pure woman, not a prostitute, a pure woman. is she? You yeah. Know. What was the um, situation with the church during this Middle Age? So, you know, obviously. Uh, there's the mainstream church, but there are also still groups of bodies of believers who who actually, um, you know, were were trying to keep true to things. Um, uh, there was persecution that continued against God's true church. Um, that that was reintroduced after, mm. you know, that that period of of, of uh, let's just say peace for a while. You know, 538 AD, Roman Emperor Justinian he made a decree to enforce the power and presence of the papacy, which meant that you know you don't join the church. Uh, you're out, yep. you know, no yep. more staying here in the empire and actually we'll take your property as well as part of that. You know, Satan just used the church to attack the the, the true church. But what happened, you know, there were floods of armies that were sent after those who refused to accept pagan teachings and practices. So anyone who refused to be part of the Roman church, they were just banished or Killed and Revelation twelve thirteen fifteen gives us some um, text around that mm-hmm. where it says that the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cur- cause her to be carried away by the flood. All right. So the woman in the uh, you know the true church is carried away. Where did the true church go when it was persecuted? They went into the wilderness. Revelation mm. twelve six tells us that as well. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there one thousand two hundred and sixty days. So this is what I was saying early on. You know, the God uh, God protected the true church. You know, there was a decree that, that the decree forced the true followers of God to go and, and hide and be in the wilderness. And that happened in many places in, in Europe, mainly in mountains and caves and uh, in Italy and France and Britain and Switzerland. 
Switzerland and, and the Middle East. I know that um, I had the privilege of, of, while I was living in Italy, to go and visit Torre Pellice, okay. which is where they have the College of the Barbs, where the Waldenses, mm. they actually hid away from the mainstream and they had their college where they taught their children um, to memorize the Bible uh, and that was their, that was their main work. Focus. The Church of the God, Church of God, was still in existence. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't uh, a mainstream organisation, but it comprised of groups uh, who remained faithful to God at the risk of persecution and death. It was just so important to them to remain true. All right. So, uh, how did we get from um, from groups of people in the wilderness? Um, this you know explosion of different denominations that we have today well it happened you know as i was talking earlier about you know studying further mm-hmm. and coming into further light you know the the um the there was all of these different reformers that that came out you know martin luther john wycliffe john calvin john john huss um and they were sincere wanting to Understand mm-hmm. uh, the the word, and and there were revelations that came out as part of. They were all part of the Roman Church at that point in time, but they realised, hang on, that we haven't got this right, and we've got to get back to things. The Bible also was translated into the common language, and people understood Bible prophecy and the gospel of Jesus, so they could see for themselves, hang on, there's something going on here. Yeah. Um, but the papacy rejected this movement as heresy. Mm-hmm. But the more they pushed against it, the more people wanted to study and this is where the reformation really was was lit up and the various churches emerged as more truths were discovered in the bible you know each church built on the truths of previous mm. churches that's interesting and i remember something in regard to the great reformer martin luther and the church which is the lutheran church uh, some other reformers came after him with mm. more truth, more understanding, because as you just said, this was just growing, you know, of darkness, you know, they were hunger to mm. discover the truth. And uh, some reformers came and where they will go, like in the early church, you know, Apostle Paul or other disciples, they will go and uh, attend some of the groups, you know, the, which were already formed. Yes. And some people, some reformers will come to this group. Let, we, let's call it at that time the, um, Lutheran church mm. and they will say hey do you see in, in the Bible look we can understand about this some people came in and talk about the the true baptism by immersion which mm. Luther didn't discover that and they used to say this did Luther preach or teach about this no if not we don't receive it and they become Lutherans rather than just to keep going and grow into the true church of Jesus Christ you know and that's why Group and frac- frac- fractions, you know, just come alive because of holding on a truth, you know, some sort of truth, but not wanting to go further. And that's a lesson for us, isn't it? That we need to keep continually studying, continually keeping open um, to ensure that, that we're really open to everything that is in the Word. Yeah. We are going to talk, uh, take a short break uh, in, in, in a minute. But just before that, um, do you think it was always a good idea that there would be all these churches? No, it wasn't God's idea that there would be all okay. these churches. You know, that's just brought con- confusion, hasn't it? 
you know, but, you know, that's the journey that we had to take to get there. You know, Revelation 18.4 says, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. So we're actually, you know, that's talking about the the female, the prostitute church, you know. Mm. So the word tells us, you know, come out and come into truth. Yes. Hey, I've got this beautiful song, uh, Lead Me. Guide Me by Gavin Chetelier. Please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be back after the song to uh, wrap it up. Won't you leave me? I'm tired and I need thy strength and power to guide me over my darkest hour, Lord, just open my eyes, that I may see, lead me, oh Lord, won't you lead me, lead me, guide me. Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Nick Rita and Tracy Papandreou. We are talking about Does God Have a True Church? That was a beautiful song by uh, uh, Gavin Chetelier. A bit of a little Elvis. Uh, he has a beautiful voice. And um, I want to uh, continue, Tracy, here, um, you know, asking a bit this question. Uh, God wants to unify his people under one truth. Mm. Okay? But what are the identifying marks for God's final 
church. Well, we need to look at the Bible, don't we? At the Bible, absolutely. Has to say. So, Revelation twelve seventeen tells us, and the dragon was um, uh, in 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 engaged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus Christ. Sorry, that was enraged. Mm. Um, and uh, so, the, so the main thing here is it's saying that the dragon is particularly concerned with a church, so Satan is compi- particularly concerned with a church that keeps the commandments of God and has the faith of Jesus Christ. So God has saved, has his saved people in all churches. Mm. We want to stress that. Yes. But as we said, you know, it's important to be very deliberate about what church you choose and ensuring that your church is keeping the commandments of God and has the faith of Jesus. I have to say personally, I made a decision to move away from my Roman Catholic faith and I have become a Seventh-day Adventist. And one of that, one of the reasons for that is because of what I have found in the Bible. But everyone has to find their own path. Yeah. I we believe that you know God has specifically raised up the Seventh Day Adventist movement to represent Him and His final message in the end times, and that's why I personally, mm-hmm. um, you know, have aligned myself with that church. All right. Uh, upon um, what do we base this statement, Tracy, uh, about the Seventh Day Adventist Church? Because we don't want to be here just biased, you know. Uh, mm. uh, we are Seventh Day Adventists, yes. both of us, yes. uh, but we want to uplift here the truth of the Bible yes. to direct people to his true church. Yes, absolutely. It has to be a study of the Bible, and the Bible has to convict you on these things. So there are just some clues in the Bible that I would ask people, and they might want to jot these um, uh, texts down. So clue one is that the the true church of the end times will rise after up after 1798, and that's you can look to Revelation 12, 6 and 14 to look further about that. Clue two It will believe in the original teachings of the Christian church and Revelation 12:17 references that the Bible and the Bible alone as a rule of faith is important and also that church should restore all major truths from what the original Christian church was looking at. So clue three, it will be based on Jesus Christ and the good news of the gospel. Revelation 14, 6 and 12 mm. is a reference. So the Seventh-day Adventist church believes salvation is 100% based on on the sacrifice and merits of Jesus and Jesus is the center of every aspect of the advent Adventist message. Clue four, it believes in all of God's commandments, including the Sabbath. So going back to your text yes. question, you know, Revelation 12, 17 and Revelation 14 and 12 references that. Another clue is it will preach the final warning message to the world. And that's in Revelation 14, 6 to 12. At the end of time, God has inspired a movement to preach a specific message, just like he did in Noah's day he yes. raised up somebody the message is found in Revelation 14 6 to 12 and that will be preached to a world that is facing destruct- destruction at the second coming of Jesus you know this is a unique message that has three aspects worship the creator God and give him glory because the judgment has begun Babylon has fallen and avoid the mark of the beast and those are all in Revelation 14 and it that's is- very important just while you mentioned that because uh, Revelation 14, 6 to 12 
it's an amazing passage. You know, you talked about the present truth there, mm. and you'll identify there exactly th- those aspects that we should worship the true God, the creator, mm. you know, um, then we should come out of Babylon, of confusion, of false teachings, yes. you know, and then, uh, you know, we'll, uh, in, in verse 12 actually says, here is the patience of the saints who keep the commandments of, of God and testimony of Jesus, you know, yes. very important. This passage in Revelation 14, it's, it's a must look upon and dwell upon uh, this message. Yeah, and so we, we encourage um, listeners to go and look at that for themselves. Any church um, which is God's final church will be preaching these vital messages. It will teach that death is a peaceful rest until the resurrection mm. because that's what the word says in Revelation fourteen thirteen, And it will be a global movement preaching all over the world. Revelation fourteen six talks about that. Mm. So the Seventh-day Adventist church is actively involved in over 220 countries, virtually every country of the world. So that for me, Nick, is some of the reasons why I have made my choice. But again, everyone needs to make their choice for themselves. They need to search the word and the word needs to speak to them and reveal these truths to them. That's absolutely right, Tracy. And as you mentioned a bit earlier, you know, uh, being a Catholic, you know, and uh, uh, many good friends of mine, they are Catholics and any other in Orthodox, you know, I come from Romania, which is uh, 95% or more um, Orthodox. Beautiful, wonderful people there, faithful people. But uh, when I decided myself to follow God was not because, uh, you know, what my parents did or what my ancestors did, but what the Bible tells me, and I need to take a, a position. Tracy, I have maybe a minute and a half here. If you like to bring together just few thoughts, few final uh, comments in regard to this uh, topic, and then we'll uh, we'll close with a prayer. Well, yeah, I think Nick, it's it's the main things that we need to take away from this is that we need to use the Bible as our source for identifying the true church at the end of time. You know, that church should keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. So, you know, we need to really be sure about what all those commandments are and need to look at, you know, um, um, is is my church doing that? Um, you know, it needs to have Jesus and the good news of the gospel should be central to the message and it should be preparing followers to meet Jesus at the second coming and that's where we talked about that final those, that final third angel's message. Okay, let's close with the with the prayer Tracy if you can in just a few seconds. Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word, which is, you know, our guidance. And I just pray for all our listeners, Lord, that if they've been challenged at all today, that you'll push them to your Bible, to your word, and that your Holy Spirit would illuminate and we would more and more, all of us, understand what you want of us. And we just thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And thank you for listening uh, today uh, on Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Nick Rita and uh, uh, Tracy Papandreou. I'll invite you to join us again because we are going to approach another topic, radical teachings of Jesus. Until then, may God richly bless you and keep walking in the footsteps of Jesus.
God came down and he lived as a man Showed his love as he walked this land But it was too great to understand This thing called love He touched the blind and made them see Raised the dead and set the captives free Gave his life upon a tree Because of love You can't see it with your eyes Hold it in your hand But like the wind that covers our land Strong enough to change the heart of any man This thing called love It can lift you up Never let you down Take your world Turn it all Ever since time, nothing's ever been found Strong as God's love He became poor that we could be rich Into a world that was sick The problem of sin he came to fix Because of love can take a life of emptiness, fill it with love and righteousness. I thank God my life's been blessed with God's love. You can't see it with your eyes, hold it in your hand, but like the wind that covers our land, strong enough to change the heart of any man, this thing called love. It can lift you up, never let you down, take your world, turn it all around. Ever since time, nothing's ever been found, strong as God's love. Ever since time, nothing's ever been found, strong as God's love.